myself I feel like I'm under under the weather so pray for me it's a little tough to be up here but we're going to push through this anyways amen hallelujah I hope you'll join me with praise and worship this morning amen we're just going to lift his name and glory amen there's power in the name of Jesus key of F I think there is power in the name of Jesus There is power in the name There is power in the name of Jesus To break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain There's an army rising up but there's an army rising up there's an army rising up oh to break every chain break every chain break every chain sing this again now In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. 
will to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Sing it like this. There's a bride, and she's rising up. Come on, sing it, bride. Well, there's a bride, you know she's rising up. Oh, there's a bride, and she's rising up. She's gonna break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Sing it now, bride. Well, there's a bride, oh, and she's rising up. Give him some praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's break those chains of bondage. Amen. Whatever's troubling you. Amen. I pray that you can let it go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's my desire. That's my goal today. Amen. Just to create an atmosphere that you could be free to worship God. Amen. And receive his word when it comes time. Amen. Let's sing that song. My favorite one. The days of Elijah. Amen. I know I sing this a lot, but I'm telling you what, this one really moves me. Amen. So, hey, I'm up here. We're going to sing it. <laughs> well, these are the days of Elijah. Oh, declaring the word of the Lord. Come on, like this. These are the days of your servant Moses. Righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, still we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, ye come forth riding on a cloud, shining like the sun.
God like Jehovah. There's no 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 God like Jehovah. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Shining like the sun. on a cloud. Amen. We're going to meet him in the air one day. Isn't that going to be a glorious time? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just turn our hearts to the Lord. Amen. We'll change the order of our service. We have several special needs that we're going to take to him. And just before we do that, let's just sing that little song. I stand in all of you. You are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Yeah. 
you. We praise you, Heavenly Father. Amen. I would like to ask Brother Aaron Nigamaza if he would be ready to take our special needs to the Lord for us. Amen. Um, we do want to remember our pastor in prayer. Everyone is aware he's uh, he's over in the country of Hungary, and he is uh, very busy ministering. Uh, already been through many services already. I'm sure he's probably exhausted from all the preaching. Amen. So if you could remember our pastor in prayer for safe travels, amen, that God would just bless him. He would be a blessing to the people, amen, that his word would be effective and in season, amen. Uh, if you remember Sister Hannah Whit- Whitlock in prayer, uh, she is not with us. She's homesick. Um, I have a special need from Sister Christy. It says, please pray for my neighbor. She's been diagnosed with breast cancer. So if you could remember that serious need in prayer, amen. Uh, also, I have um, uh, a need here f- uh, to remember Sister Mary Smith in prayer this morning. If you would remember her, amen. Continue remember Brother Johnny uh, in prayer, if you would, amen. Want, just want to uh, hold our saints and their needs up before him in prayer. Do you have special needs on your heart, amen? God knows each and every need. It's special in his eyes, amen. And we're going to pray with you, my friends, as Brother Aaron comes. How many believe Jesus Christ this morning? God heals all men of diseases. God heals cancer. We are so happy to have Sister Becky here with us. God is still a healer. And before I pray, I want to share a testimony. I was speaking to my best friend. He lives in England and he works in care homes. So he was working with this patient that they had given up with stage 4 cancer. And he was talking to her about, about the Lord. And they prayed, we prayed for her, for him, for her. And they got a doctor's report last week that there is no trace of cancer. And she, she, I think she's going to be baptized. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is a 100% unbeliever. And yesterday I visited Brother Tim. So he came and opened the door for, for me. He, didn't, he was not using the walker. He was jogging through the house. And I said, God can heal cancer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, this morning. Father, we stand in awe of you, of your amazing love and your amazing grace. You are still the same, Lord. You are still in the business of healing. Lord God, you are the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Father, there is no mountain too high. There is no river too too low. There is no valley too wide that you cannot save. Lord, you said in your word that my ear is not heavy that I can't hear. My hand is not short that I cannot deliver. But Father, we have come as your children. Lord, with this request, Father, whether it be tuberculosis, whether it be cancer, there is no difference, Father, in your power power to deliver. Lord, you can deliver from COVID. You can deliver from all manner of sickness. And we thank you this morning. Lord, we praise you, Lord, for your holiness. We thank you for your power. Lord God, for your work that you are working among us. We thank you, Father, for your healing presence that is with us this morning. Lord, we are are praying, Father, this morning that you may touch your children, some that are streaming, some that are raising their hands. It may be a job situation. It can be a financial 
financial situation, but God, you are still the same. We thank you for our pastor, Brother Barry Coffey. May you give him, Lord, journey mercies. And Lord God, may you restore the virtue that has gone out of him. Bless the minister of the word this morning. Lord, we know Brother Matthew, but Father, we're not waiting to hear from Brother Matthew. We want to hear from the throne of God because we know for the one word from you, who change our life forever. When we come out of this service, Lord, uh, we want to be able to say, from that time, uh, my sickness was, was gone. Uh, from that time, uh, my revival was kindled. Uh, from that time, uh, my breakthrough and condition was shattered. Uh, we thank you, Father. We believe uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Aaron. You may have your seats. Brother Sean. Uh, has a special and as he's making his way let's just sing that little song sister becky you were playing at the start i love you lord and i'll lift my voice i love you lord and i lift my voice to Table of 
guiding thoughts of fear or wondering why he called my name Am I good enough to share this cup this world has made me lame oh, Even in my weakness the Savior called my name Oh, and in his holy I'm healing unashamed As I'm carried to the table Seated where I don't belong Carried to the table Swept away by And I don't see my brokenness anymore When I'm seated at the table of the Lord I was carried to the table The table of Carry to the table, the table of the Lord. Amen. What a beautiful song. Amen. Thank you for that special. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. I believe all hearts and minds are ready for the word. And I'd like to ask our deacons if they would make their way forward. Amen. We'll continue our worship and our tithing. Amen. And you feel free to give as unto the Lord, knowing that your tithes and offerings go to further his kingdom. Amen. Brother Michael, if you would lead us. Just as uh, Brother Matt Watkins, who we're happy to have with us this morning, makes his way, had that little song on my heart. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Let's sing it together now. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you Bearing all my sin and shame In love you came And you gave amazing grace Thank you for this love, Lord Thank you for the nail-pierced hand Wash me your cleansing flow now all I know your forgiveness and embrace 
bless you. Amen. Good to see everybody here this morning. We greet you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Certainly an honor to be here again with you. Been just a little while since we were here last and so just uh, thankful to be here with my family and uh, here have been in Hickory the last couple days now getting to visit my grandmother uh, and just some of my family and I think I've got some more of my family maybe here. I'm looking for them. There they are. My other grandmother, my memo, my Connie back there, Jewel. 
I think so. Yes. Okay, good. I see them both. You're just a little bit low, but I can see you if I look up like this. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're, it's always a privilege to come here. Amen to this church. You, you mean an awful lot to me and my family. Uh, Brother Barry does, and this entire assembly means a great deal to us. Second uh, Kings chapter 2, while you're turning, I'll just say a few things here. Um, youth camp coming up this, um, this year. I just want to go ahead and announce uh, to you guys, this church has meant a great deal to us with our youth camp and have probably been the, um, uh, I wouldn't say probably without a doubt, the most essential in helping us and uh, the families that are here and just the way the Lord put us together and uh, the different ones that helped, even Brother Barry, uh, with our camp the last two years. We've been certainly certainly grateful for all of y'all's help and everybody across the nation uh, from different churches all the way from Washington who's came to help us. Uh, we've, we've just uh, been uh, always blessed to have you, and so I wanted to bring some news that you'll get first. Uh, our assembly back home uh, also knows this, but I just wanted to bring it to you so you could go ahead and put it on your calendars. There's some more announcements that we'll make uh, coming up really soon, but our youth camp will be held one weekend prior to the weekend that we've held at the last two years. We don't know going forward if that'll stick. Uh, it's our desire to have it on the Halloween weekend because uh, believers are always looking for something to do on Halloween weekend. And so that seemed like a good weekend the last two years. But this year, it just didn't work out uh, for that uh, weekend of the 27th, or uh, I think it is, would be the Friday. So this year, the dates will be October 19th, which is just the week before that, the weekend before. October 19th, uh, that's a Thursday, and that'll go through the, the uh, Sunday, the 22nd. Uh, make sure I got that right. Yes, Thursday, the 19th of October. Uh, it'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday the 22nd will be the closing day. So we're, we got a lot more exciting things to announce about that, and I'm sure you'll hear about that real soon. Amen. You love the Lord Jesus? Amen. Amen. God bless you again. Uh, bring you greetings from Brother Barry, who's texted me uh, this morning, wanted me to greet you all for him. So I just want to say to him, if he's streaming, we, God bless you, Brother Barry. We love you, and uh, thank you for having us here this morning. If you have your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 2, we'll just begin reading at the first verse. I want to minister to you something. I've ministered uh, several times in several parts. I want to say three or four. The Lord's just had me uh, in a certain direction uh, here recently. And so I just want to be obedient to Him this morning and just minister what He has, what He's laid upon my heart. And I, I just want to... Uh, speak to you this morning on anointed by the supernatural. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 1, And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet, let's move past this here in verse 4. And Elisha, Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came 
to Jericho. Verse 6, And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. Elisha was determined to stick with Elijah. So we know automatically there was something unique or something that was attracting, that, 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 that was magnetizing Elisha to Elijah. And so Elijah says to him over and over, Terry here, I pray. You know, plant a, plant, a, uh, plant a garden here. Build a home. Raise your kids here. Pastor a church here. Stay here, Elisha. Elisha says, no, wherever Elijah goes, that's where I'm going to go. Notice here in verse 8, Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. If he could have asked for anything, but this is his request. Let a double portion of the spirit that's on Elijah, let it come upon me. Brother Branham said to Sister Hattie Wright, Ask whatever you want right now. And Brother Branham says that little humble woman could have asked for anything. All the money in the world, God would have given it to her. He said, but the the thing that was most important to her was the souls of her two boys. And Brother Branham says when when he was preaching there in that little room and, and, and they were asking him about the squirrels. And Brother Branham says, I don't know what it was. He says, all I can say is it was Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. And Sister Hattie spoke up and said, that's nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. Brother Branham says when she spoke those words, the room felt like it was about to come apart. So words created, words spoke out of a little sister's heart. She voiced something from her soul. And Brother Branham says when she spoke those words, it moved all of heaven. Do you know that your words, what you speak and what you say have a significance in another dimension? And sometimes what's surrounding you and all the pressure that you might feel and you might have came to this church with and you might be in a surrounded by all kinds of doubt and fear. You know, that's an atmosphere that's beyond natural things. That's a supernatural world that's trying to influence you or discourage you or speak to you. But I would just, I would just uh, suggest to you tonight, speak against that thing. Use your voice. Disturb the atmosphere that's around you. Because all heaven listens to the sons and daughters of God. Notice this here. Let's just move on down to verse 10. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, It shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces, He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Lord Jesus, 
We're so thankful, Lord, for the reality that you've placed inside of our hearts, that we know you, as the Apostle Paul said, in the power of your resurrection. Because it's made, it's been made so real, Lord, to us individually, personally. For we know, Lord, what we were, Father, and we know where we came from. And Lord, as the song says, you lifted us up out of the miry clay. You placed our feet upon a rock to stay. Lord, we're thankful for your grace this morning. Lord, we're thankful for your word. Lord, thankful that you're here, Lord, to deliver. You're here to heal. Lord, you're here to set free. That's what you do, Lord. You are a chain breaker. Father, and if there'd be anybody that would be here, Lord, this morning, God, that has gathered into this building, Lord, that came with affliction in their body, came with affliction in their mind, Lord, or in their spirit, this is a place of freedom. This is a place of deliverance. We're thankful, Lord God, that we have a place that we can come to, Father, where the realities of Christ are preached and we're believers. Lord, I just raise my hands uh, along with these people. We just identify and say we're believers this morning. We're believers in your word, Lord. God, and we just ask that you'd come and take complete control, Lord, as we become right now, Lord, subservient, Lord, to your will, to what you want to do, Father. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Brother Branham says here in the message, Why Christ Speak? And I've just over and over again have uh, listened. The Lord had me on this message, Why Christ Speak, preached in 1963. It's just incredible uh, the way the Lord dealt with my heart over this. I just couldn't get away from this tape. I don't ever normally do this. But I, 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 I do this. Uh, uh, let me get this. So you didn't get that, Lucas. Let me make sure that comes to you. <clears throat> All right. Let me press send. Might help if I press send, brother. And you might get it if they have that. If when he gets that, he could put that up on the screen. But the Lord has had me over and over listening to this message, Why Christ Speak, probably listened to it over 30 times. And I don't ever do that with a, with a tape, would hear something maybe a couple times, make sure I get the significance of it. Uh, but just with this, it was like every time I would wake up in the middle of the night or go to bed or be in my vehicle, I would just over and over, the Lord just had me in this direction. So listen close to what Brother Branham says here and while he's getting that up on the screen might just take just a moment uh, for him to get that. So just listen as we read this to you. Brother Branham says, May the Holy Spirit teach us today the things that we ought to know. How many would say that by an uplifted hand just at the start of this sermon? You could just resonate with that prayer that Brother Branham's praying. May the Holy Spirit teach us today the things that we ought to know. And may we then in return listen closely to every word and weigh it deeply. And then may those who are listening by the way of tape, may they listen close and may we be able to catch what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. So Brother Adam says, may we catch it, Lord. May we listen close. Let me just key you in on something. The Holy Spirit is always wanting to speak to you. The Holy Ghost is always wanting to deal with your heart. 
While we're here in service today, while we're here in church and we're gathered today together, the Holy Spirit has a message that He wants to get across to this church. He wants to get it across to your family. He wants to say something to teenagers. He wants to say something to mothers. He wants to say something to fathers. He wants to say something to us. And I just want to say, Lord, whatever you want to say, May you speak, Lord. May you come straight lip to ear this morning. May you move beyond the natural, Lord. May you move beyond the realms of just a church service and just a a gathering of people. And Lord, may your spirit speak to my heart this morning. And I say, Lord, let me hear it, Lord. Let me listen closely. Let me weigh it deeply. As he says, may we weigh it deeply, Lord. And he says here, and, and then may we, those who are listening by the way of tape, you can just follow me. I don't see a clicker and that's fine. He says, may we listen by those listening by way of tape. May they listen close and may we be able to catch what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. You know how many times you'd hear Brother Branham in a tape and he would say, don't miss it. He would say those words over and over. Don't miss it. Uh, Oh, sister, you there in the prayer line, you should come up before the platform. She'd walk from the left side and walk down his right side. And he would, he'd cry out and he'd say, sister, now don't miss it. It'd come to the uh, sermon. It was the crescendo of, of the tape and he would yell out and you could hear his voice. Don't miss it, church. Don't miss it. I hear those words in my heart this morning and I just say, Lord, don't let me miss it this morning. Don't let me miss what's happening. Oh, can I get somebody to help me preach this morning? Don't let me miss what you're doing, Lord, because here's what I know. You're moving. You're working. Uh, In spite of what I see around me, Lord, you're moving by your spirit. And I, I say this morning, don't let me be lazy, Lord. Don't let me be distracted, Lord. Don't let me be busy with life and, and thinking about something else. Let me focus on what you want to say this morning, Lord. Don't let me miss it. Let me catch it. For we realize if he should anoint us, then the anointing is not in vain. Notice this here. If he anoints us, it's for a purpose. Let me just say to you today, whether you feel anointed or not, you're anointed this morning. I don't care what you feel like in your flesh. I don't care how far you are, sleepy or tired you might have been from the time change. I don't care how discouraged you might be from what's happening in your life right now. There's a special anointing upon your life as the bride of Jesus Christ. And when you're here this morning under the preaching of the word, there's an anointing that you can avail yourself of. He says, Lord, if you anoint us, then the anointing is not in vain. It's for a purpose. We don't use this word here, anointing. As you know, that's a catchphrase they use in the charismatic church today. Anointed. And you just feel an anointing. And anointing is something that you can absolutely feel. I love when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I feel it in my flesh. I'd rather have that every day of my life than just an intellectual knowing or knowledge that the Lord loves me. I'd rather feel like he loves me. How many would identify today and say, I love when the Holy Spirit, just to make myself available and say, Lord, if you want to move and let me feel you, oh, I'm a candidate, Lord, right now, let me feel it. You want to fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, refill me with your spirit, I was speaking tongues, Lord, I'm available to you. You know, but listen, the anointing is not just something that comes over you. It's not just about an oil or a feeling or a sensation, but it's a purpose. 
The Lord does it for a reason. He does it for a purpose. He's, he has a mission. He has a will. He has a, he has something he's trying to anoint you with. Listen, when the, when they, in the Bible, when they would use this word anointing, I just want to read it for you today. Uh, the anointing the, in the Greek New Testament, the, 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 the New Testament Greek word for anoint is shiro, which means to smear. Just to smear. That's all it means. To smear or to rub with oil. So when a man, a king, was anointed for a position, whether he was a king and he was going to be king over Israel and it was an anointing, they would take anointing oil and they would pour that oil over his head and it would flow down from his head, down through his beard, down through his garment, all the way down his paps, all the way down his skirts, all the way to his feet, to the ground. It was an anointing that was going to cover him from his head to his toe. Are you following me this morning? It was an anointing that was going to come upon his life. And it was going to signify that he was drenched or he was oiled. He was anointed with a purpose that was apart from him. It was apart from his dreams. It was apart from his ambitions. It was apart from what he thought his life was going to be about. It was apart from what he had planned. Oh, some, somebody here this morning. It was apart from what he had thought, all of his plans, all of his goals, all of his dreams, all of his ambitions that we all have. But now an anointing was going to flow over his life that was going to remove him from his plan and put him in the plan or the path that God had ordained for him from the foundation of the world. Oftentimes, your will and your wants and your desires and your ambitions are in contradiction to what the Lord is wanting from your life. But hear me, there's only an anointing on the path God has for your life. There's no anointing on the path that you've chosen or you've carved out or we've made for ourselves. There's only an anointing on the purpose that God has. So this word is not like the charismatic would use it to be oily or just to have a sensation, just to have a good feeling. I love a good feeling. Absolutely. But it's more than that. There's a purpose behind it. That oil was going to signify something. That oil was going to, if I could say it this way, that oil was going to take a purpose that God had in his mind before the foundation of the world, before that man ever breathed his first breath, before he ever spoke the first word, God already had a blueprint, he already had a path, he already had a vision, he already was going to raise up that man's life for a specific calling or a specific duty or a specific job. And so God, before he ever brought the man into the world, he already had a need that he needed that man to fulfill. He already had a job that he needed that man to get. To get. Listen, God doesn't plan your life and just randomly as you grow and as you grow up and you grow up in this home and the Lord says, you know, this happened. So I've got to sort of rearrange this. And uh, well, you know, unfortunately, the circumstance rose up in their life and I got to alter this and change this and I'm going to replan it over here. Listen, he's not coming up with your life's plan as he goes. He's not just randomly figuring it out and as he's rolling with the punches. Some of us do that. That's how we live our life. We just roll with the punches. Just go with the flow. Well, let me tell you something. 
God ordained every transition. He ordained every crossroad. He ordained every stop sign. He ordained every roadblock. He ordained every trial. He ordained every circumstance. The home you grew in, the trial that you went through, the, the, the church that you go to, God has ordained the path before you ever step foot on the road. And he specifically specified certain ingredients to go into your life that he didn't put in mine. But he put certain things in mine that he didn't put in yours. And so God ordained, if I could say it this way, he already had the the blueprint. The architect had already drawn it up. He had already engineered it before he ever started working on you. God already had the plan. And so an anointing was a purpose or a plan or a vision for your individual life. And so when you come into the world, what is that? When you receive that anointing, what is it? It is a transfer of that plan and that purpose transferred from God into your life. That's why Brother Branham says that anointing comes with the purpose for we know if he should anoint us, the anointing is not in vain. It's for a purpose. It would take a king who would be anointed. And, and I'm preaching to you here today on anointed by the supernatural. You would take a king who was going to be in Bible times. They would anoint a man. And it was to signify God's calling or God's blessing upon that person's life. Maybe a special calling to be a king. Even to be a prophet. They would take in an oil and that oil was going to signify something. You know, that's why we anoint you with oil. Why the Bible says in the book of James, if there be any sick among you, bring the elders, let the elders of the church lay hands upon them and anoint them with oil. Why? Why, why do we do that? Because oftentimes in the Bible, listen, the brother Brandon would say it this way. The natural types the spiritual. Always. Listen to the Jewish mind, not the secular Western mind, but to the Jewish mind, the natural is a representation of the spiritual. This is why God tells Moses, build a temple, build a tabernacle. But I'm going to first show you a vision in heaven. And Moses, what you're going to build on earth is only going to be a representation of what's in heaven. The house you build on earth is only going to signify or be a negative to a positive. Are you following me this morning? It's going to be a representation. It's going to, it's going to be a negative to a positive because the natural types the spiritual. That's why Jesus would say, whatsoever you bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. Why would Jesus pray for a man who was blind and before praying for that man, he would spit into the ground and he would pick up that mud that he spit on and he would rub it together and he would create mud and then he would push that mud in that man's eyes and then that man's eyes would become open because the natural has a spiritual connection. Are you following me this morning? Let me say it very clearly to you. Oftentimes it takes something natural to have a spiritual consequence. Oftentimes it takes something in the natural 
that you do naturally that has a spiritual consequence. You think of Naaman when Naaman would dip in the, in the, in the water. Why would Naaman not? Why wouldn't one time be enough? Why wouldn't two times? Why wouldn't three times be enough? But God was wanting him to understand there's a connection between what you see and what you don't see. There's a connection in another dimension that's not like this one. You may not feel it. You may not hear it. You may, you may but the, that, that dimension, Brother Branham says, when you come to church, and he says in the preachers, the ministering of the words going forth on the anointed word of God, and he says, and in your heart, you think to yourself, oh my, what is that feeling I feel over me? I just feel like I just want to cry. And Brother Branham says, so you begin to weep in the presence of the Lord. And he says, other times the preacher's preaching, the song's playing, you feel the worship music and you, and you feel that anointing. He says, other times you go, I want to shout. And so you go to shout and I want to dance and you go to dance him. Brother Branham says, what is that? You're bumping into that other dimension. You're bumping into the other dimension. What is that? Why do I feel that way? Because there's another world. There's another, there's another angelic dimension. Listen, you bump into that dimension on Monday when you go to work, when you're in traffic here, out here on Lenore Ryan, and somebody cuts you off on the freeway, and people are yelling at each other and, you know, and, 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 and using their hands to give expressions uh, to each other and saying things to each other, rolling. The, why is that? They're bumping into another dimension. They don't realize that it's a demonic world of oppression and depression and fear and anxiety. Uh, But listen, friends, you don't have to tap into that dimension. There's a dimension of angels here this morning that you can bump into. Brother Brandon would say, he would say, he'd say the natural always types the spiritual. So notice there was something naturally. That's why we anoint you with oil. Because the oil is, it's not about the oil. It's not just so you can get oily. It's not so you can just feel a sensation on your flesh. But that oil, I hope you catch it today. That oil is going to represent a transfer of a promise that Jesus made. And it put it on ink on paper in the Bible. You read it. Your eyes see it. Your mind understands it. And then faith drops into your heart. And that promise that Jesus made transfers from the Bible into your body. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, ask anything in my name and don't doubt you'll have what you ask for. What is it? It takes a supernatural faith to humanly, naturally reach out and grab a hold of that promise. It's not just going to drop in your lap. I just want to make you aware of something today. It's not just going to fall out of heaven. I wonder what would have happened to Sister Hattie if she would have just sat there with her mouth closed and her arms crossed and just thought, oh boy, that's nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. But she spoke it with her words. And when she spoke words, all of heaven backed up what she said. You think you're amens to the word of God? What is church? Listen, friends, what is really? Think about it here this morning. What is church? Why are we here today? Why, why do we gather in a building on Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, whenever your services are? Why do we gather? Well, I can tell you there's, there's, there's a list of reasons 
why you passed a hundred churches today and why they gather and why they sing and why they gather in a building. But really think about this here today with me. Why do we get dressed? We put on our ties. We comb our hair. We, we iron our clothes. We come to church. What are we gathering here for? Is it just to see everybody? Is that what it's about? Is it to fill up, fulfill a religious duty so that we can say we went to church that Sunday morning? Is it so as some would say, oh, I just want to, you know, just a recharge. Or I, as they said about the Asbury Revival, oh, it was just a refreshing. Uh, listen, friends, I love a refreshing. I love a recharge. But I am at church for more than a refreshing or a recharge. I, I'm more than just such, just such a refreshing meeting. It's so refreshing. I'm more, I'm in it. I don't know about you, but I'm in it for so much more than just a refreshing. You say, then what is, brother, what is church, brother Matt? I'll tell you what it is in one simple word. It's war. It's war. It's war. It's where there's demon spirits. There's a, listen, they come to church just like angels do, brother Adam said. You hear brother Adam in a prayer line and he would say, you heard that demon screamed when that demon was cast out. And he says, a demon screamed for help because he knows. Brother Brandon says, you ought to see their faces sometimes when they're just about to get cast out. You say, what is church then? It's war. This is what Brother Branham says. And he says, in a church is a gathering of people where there's demon spirits of sickness, demons of addiction, demons of depression, demons of anxiety, demons of voices, demons of cancer, demons of, of the flu or the cold or a headache, whatever you want to call it, little demons, mid-sized demons, big demons. Brother Branham says, but also in that church is angels. And he says, then in that church is believers. So what are you doing when you come to church? You're coming to stand in the gap between a dimension of demons and a dimensions of angels. And Brother Branham says in the middle is believers believing the word of God, pulling on the word of God, worshiping the Lord. What is he doing? Brother Branham says, what's it doing? It's creating an atmosphere so that angels can energize the faith of the believers. I say, oh God, energize me this morning. Let me be a candidate for the supernatural. Listen to what Brother Branham says here, and I'm just going to move on through this. The Lord's just calling me, directing me in a, just a different way, and that's okay. You love the Lord this morning? Amen. Listen to what Brother Branham says here, and I just want you to move on down if you could, uh, Brother uh, Luke or whoever's doing the, the, the slides back there. Move on down to slide 52. Move on down to slide 52. If you could control that for me, that'd be great. Brother Branham says, angelic beings associate together. This is slide 52. Angelic beings associate together. Oh, I hope you get that. That just dropped right down free. (laughs) I love when that happens. Look, if you got the Holy Spirit in you, how many is Holy Spirit filled? How many can say I'm a believer today? If you've got the Holy Spirit, then you're a candidate for association with the unseen world and the supernatural. How many believers would believe that today? If you've got the Holy Spirit, you're a candidate for the supernatural, the unseen world. No wonder people can't believe in those things. They've never come in contact. They've got nothing. Notice this. They've got nothing in here to believe with. But when the Holy Spirit comes into the heart, quickly he becomes a twofold being. Who? You. 
He quickly becomes a twofold being. One of the earth to die and one of heaven to live. Amen. In his body, he's still subject to death. But in his soul, he's passed from death unto life. In his body, he has this earthly contact with his five senses. In his spirit, he has contact with God through the Holy Ghost. And the angels of God visits them, speaks with them, and their messengers sent from God to reveal and to bring messages from God to the individual. Oh, Brother Matt, you mean not just the pastor? Not just the preachers? No. The Holy Spirit, if you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, you're a candidate for the unseen dimension and the supernatural. And angels of God can visit you this morning in this service. How many believers do we have that can believe that? Why do you think Brother Branham was told by the angel of the Lord, if you can get the people to believe you... Nothing will stand in your way, not even cancer. Do you realize when the prophet would know that, when he was told that? Do you realize the responsibility that was upon him? When he would come to the platform and he would preach for, he would preach to an audience about a, a Jesus Christ who was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Branham, just leaving the office with the angel of the Lord, following him to the platform, knowing that that angel was right there beside him, So Brother Branham was up here, but the people were down here. And so he's been told, if you can get the people to believe you, nothing will stand in your way, not even cancer. So what was his responsibility? To preach Christ, to bring the people from here up to here. And if he could get the people, oh, I hope you catch it this morning. If you can believe, nothing will stand in your way, not even cancer. If you can bring the people up to here, nothing will stand in your way. But so long as they remain down here and doubt and, 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 and whatever, whatever hindering spirit, because that's what spirits are. Demon spirits come to hinder. They come to, to bring doubt. They came to bring, they come to bring discord. They come to bring confusion. Oh, but if you could ever get to a place where all believers are believing and they're in one mind and one accord, let me tell you something, friends, nothing's impossible. People criticize camp meetings. People criticize special meetings. I, 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 let me just tell you, people can get very critical and say, oh, bunch of hype and hoop up and go to those tent meetings and they're just all hyped up. Listen, friends, there's nothing special about a tent meeting. Let me tell you the only thing happening in a camp meeting, a tent meeting, youth meetings, our youth camp. Do you know all that is? All it is, is a group of believers in one mind and one accord. That's all it is. You say, well, that's a shame we have to have special meetings. You're right. It's a shame we have to wait for special meetings. But what is a special meeting? It's a time where people are under expectation. Oh, if you could ever get under that expectation, I don't care if it's Sunday or Wednesday or Sunday night. doesn't matter if it's Monday and you're on your job. If you can fall under expectation, nothing will stand in your way. So all it is is believers who come together, gather together, and they're there for one purpose, one meeting, one desire, that there's nothing, there's no, there's, there's no other purpose that they're gathered there for. 
If you could ever get a group of believers all believing for the supernatural, nothing will stand in your way, not even cancer. Angels of God visits them and they're messengers. Listen, then what do we got to be worried about? Jesus is here. I love that. I just want to remind you, what do you have to be worried about? Jesus is here. Can I just remind Hickory Bible Tabernacle, what do you really got to be worried about? Jesus is here. You say, Brother Matt, but Jesus isn't here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see him. I don't look around. I, I can't see him. I can't even feel him this morning. That Brother Branham says, God will prove his word. You take God at his word. It didn't say take him at his word when you feel him. Take him at his word when you see him. Take him at his word that he promised, I'll be wherever two or three are gathered in my name. There I will be in their midst. Brother Branham says, what do we got to be worried about? Jesus is here. His spirit is here. We're in a, Brother Branham says, what happened just now? What happened just now? I went into another world. It's an unseen world. We become so conscious of looking at one another like this. This is what we get used to. We become so conscious of looking at each other like this. But there's an unseen world and it's greater than anything you can see. Here's Christ. You say, where, Brother Matt? Right here. Here's Christ in this world, in this building. Here are evil spirits and war and Christians anointed and the angels of God camped and camped about them trying to energize them with faith. You need need some energy this morning? I say plug in because it's available to you. Plug in. Take your need to the Lord. Plug into that other dimension. Oh, can I preach just here for a moment? We spend so much time plugged into this world. We spend so much time plugged in to this world and plugged into its stress and plugged into its problem. I say it's time we unplug from this world and plug into another dimension and say, God, I'm a believer. I take you at your word in spite of how I feel. And he says, energize them with faith. And so is God here. And the angels. And someday it'll be just as much reality as television or anything else is because the Spirit will bring us into the immortal life. Then we'll understand. But notice here, notice this this here, what Brother Branham says here. I want you to back up. If you could do it for me, back all the way up here, if you could. Notice what Brother Branham says here and why Christ speak. And he says, he says, he says in in the third slide, and he knows how to do these things and how to deal with man. He knows what's in man. He knows. You say, how does the Lord know? I thought I knew. You don't know what's inside of you. You might think that you do. But you, you think, oh, I know myself. I know who I am. I know everything I'll ever be. Listen to me, friends. Moses thought the same exact thing. Until he was anointed with faith and he realized God had ordained him to be something he never dreamed possible. Brother Branham says, he knows what's in man. 
He knows him. We don't. We only know from the intellectual side. He knows what's really in the man. Moses was born in this world and a gifted boy. He was born to be a prophet, a deliverer. He was born. I love this. He was born with the equipment barned in him. He was born with the equipment barned in him. As every man comes that comes into the world is born with this equipment. It was already inside of him. What he needed was not down the road. What he needed was not at some other special youth camp or youth meeting or or tent revival somewhere. What he needed was already inside of him. It was already there. How much time do we spend looking for our answers apart from us and the answers actually already in the seed God placed inside of you? Brother Brandon would say everything you have need of in this life's journey is already there. Everything. He would say even the rapture is inside of you right now. Well, that, that got me to shouting when I read that. I don't, I don't hardly see how it gets people to just sit there and quietly say amen. Listen to me, friends. Everything. Did you hear what the prophet said? Everything that you have need of is inside of you right now. How to be a godly dad? It's inside of you right now. How to be a godly mom? It's already there. I don't care what you want to name there. God's already put it in the equipment he built you with. All you got to do is surrender to what God's placed inside of you. The seed already has it inside. It's already there. It's born with this equipment. Moses born. Notice this. And then afterward, he was brought to the place where he was anointed. And notice the seed laying there with an intellectual conception. With all the faith that he was born to deliver this people. Yet it never came to life until that light from the burning bush flashed across it. He was laying there with all the faith, all the belief, and I don't care how much belief you have in the message. I don't care how trained you are in it. I don't care how much of a quote machine you are. You can be a machine gun, an AK-47 of quotes and, and just spit them out as fast as you can. Know the message from the inside out, from Sunday school all the way up. You know what all of that will produce? One dead Egyptian. Hallelujah. It could only produce one dead Egyptian with all of the knowledge, all of the quotes, all of the mysteries, all of the understanding. He knew it intellectually. And he says, with all the faith to born to deliver this people, yet it never come to life until that light from the burning bush flashed across it, until he seen, I love this, not something he read about, but something he seen with his eyes. Something that spoke to him and he spoke back to it. I say, Lord, give me that kind of relationship with you where I speak and you speak back. Oh, how that did bring things to life. I think any man or woman or boy, girl, I think an intellectual conception of what they think the word is and so forth can never have a full foundation stand until they have met that light. 
Listen to that pillar of fire picture. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to hang it in your house. Wonderful to, to, to have it, to have it in your vehicle. But until that light from that pillar of fire comes off that picture and into your soul and into your heart, it'll never do you any good. It'll never do you any good. It'll either profit a lot of good. But I say, God, give our young people, give our families that burning bush experience that changes their nature from the inside out. Until they have met that light that brings the word, that brings the word to a reality. Hundreds of years before, God had said that Israel would sojourn and be mistreated in a strange country, would stay there 400 years, but God with a mighty hand would bring them out. So you see with this burning bush, just as we know, listen to this, as a man asked me a few moments ago about the coming and the rapture, we know we've lived the time out and the time of the rapture is at hand. How many believe that here today? I'm a believer. I believe the time of the rapture is at hand. Do you know what the Bible means when it says it's at hand? The Lord is coming. He, yeah, yeah, he cometh. He's near. But then there was a transition when he would say it's at hand. Do you know what that means? It means it's within your reach. I believe the rapture is within our reach. It's at hand. The time of the rapture. The body change, the coming of the Lord, the season of change. It's at hand. It's within your reach. And he says, it's at hand. We've looked and listen, and we're looking for a rapturing faith. We're looking. Who was looking for a rapturing faith? God's prophet was looking for a rapturing faith. Let me tell you something, friends. If he was looking for it, then that means you ought to be looking for it too. If he was looking for a rapture in faith, that means you ought, to be, you ought to be reaching and pulling and grabbing, doing everything you can to say, Lord, I'm living every single day of my life. Reaching, looking, grasping, waiting. They can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength. Go to slide 21 if you could, brother. Slide 21. Notice what Brother Benham says. I want you to notice this here. This is from some of the earliest recorded sermons that we have on tape. I've scoured the message. I've just been doing this over the past four or five months now. Scouring the message as Elijah comes to Elisha. And Elijah says, ask anything. Whatever you want from me, Elisha. What is it? There's a transfer that needs to take place. Because Elijah's his ministry is coming to an end. He knew it was. Elijah knew this was his last few days on earth. This was his last few moments. Elijah was, Elisha was only after all of this time. You can imagine how enamored. You can imagine just how mesmerized Elisha was at Elijah's ministry. Had watched some of the supernatural. Had watched some of the most powerful things take place. The miracles. Because Elijah's ministry was full of miracles. And Elisha had watched this. Elijah had, Elisha had studied. Elisha was a student. Elisha was staying right by Elijah's side. I'm not going to leave. I'm not leaving your side. I'm not going to go build another ministry. Listen, I'm not going to go build another church. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to, I'm not going anywhere, Elijah. I'm going to stay right by your side. 
What was it? What was it about Elijah? Man, the Bible says, was a man of like passions. But there was a mantle. There was an anointing that was upon Elijah that was not upon any other preacher. There was an anointing that you can only get from Elijah. God was not going to send it to any other man. God was not going to send it to any other group of people. God was only going to send it five times. And it would be a purpose. It would be an anointing. It would be a vision. It would come with a specific ministry. It was not going to be like Micah. It was not going to be like Jeremiah. Was it going to be like Habakkuk or Nahum or, or, or any of the other uh, minor or major prophets? Elijah's ministry, his prophetic ministry was going to be unique and set apart for a specific purpose. You see, Elijah's ministry would not just change the outside. It wasn't going to come to bring reformation. It wasn't a ministry just to call people to repentance. It wasn't a ministry just to call people to judgment. It was a ministry specifically designed and built to turn hearts. And Elijah is the only man with this ministry. God would send it five times to the earth. And this mantle that Elijah wore was representing that ministry. There was nothing unique. You could say nothing unearthly. There was nothing about the stitching. Nothing about the type of material that the mantle was made out of. But let me just say this to you. The mantle itself was soaked with the power of God. It was drenched with the promises of God. It was was anointed with a special anointing. And Elisha knew, until I have that mantle, I'm staying right beside Elisha. Now listen to me. Elisha's ministry was not going to replace Elijah. Elisha's ministry was not going to come and do the same things that Elijah did. That was his ministry. But Elisha, Elijah, Elisha had one desire. He could say, Elijah, Elijah, Elisha could say to Elijah, Elisha, ask anything. Ask anything right now. And it'll be given unto you. And Elisha says, without, without hesitating, that a double portion of your spirit would be upon me. Why? Elisha knew he would never be able to face the challenges in his ministry, in his life, until he had not just what Elijah had, but double. Let me just preach to you here for a moment. You don't just need the faith that Brother Branham had. You don't just need the power that Brother Branham had. You don't just need the expectation the prophet of God had. You need double. You say, Brother Matt, why? Because there's a church that's got a resident. There's there's dead saints that got to come out of the ground. And the Bible says, God having left something better for us, that they without us, without you, without your faith, without you taking your stand in your generation, in your day, at your school, in your home, in your church, God's looking for you to take your stand. Because they without you can never be made perfect. And Elisha knew, Elijah, 
I got to have a double portion. What was it? It was an expectation. It was a faith. It was a purpose. This was the last moments. The last few recorded words that you have from Elijah. You know, those are important. You could read the death of David and you could read his last few words. You could go to the book of Genesis and read the last words of Jacob. The last few things that Jacob would say. And he would say, don't leave my bones here in Egypt, but take them to Canaan. Take them to the promised land. Joseph would come to the end of his life and Joseph would repeat the same exact prayer as Jacob. It was the last words on his deathbed before he's departing this dimension, before he leaves. And there's a burden upon Elijah. I've got I've to make sure the next generation that there's a transfer of that supernatural faith. There's a transfer of that supernatural anointing. There's a transfer of that expectation. Oh, Brother Branham would spend his ministry and he would call it pioneering. You know what pioneering means? It means you're blazing the trail. And he would preach Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, in 1965. He's the same yesterday, today, and in 2023. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is what he pioneered, a faith to instill a supernatural faith in a people to believe for anything, to expect the supernatural, to expect the God of the Bible to back up his word, to back it up in young people, to give, to back it up in our bodies, to back it up in our health, to back it up in our churches. He would spend his ministry pioneering That God's not dead, God's alive. He would spend his entire ministry, wreck his wreck his body, wreck his all of his relationships, to where all doors would close. He wouldn't compromise. He wouldn't don't just change your tapes. Just call your tapes back and change this. And Brother Branham says, I'm not going to change anything. Why? It was a conviction he had upon his heart. He was sent with an anointing of Elijah. He was sent with a mission. And he knew that mission was to turn the hearts of you and your children and your grandchildren and your families to turn our hearts back. He said, Brother Matt, turn our hearts back to what? Brother Branham would say this over and 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 over from 1947 to 1951 to 1957 to 1962 to 1965. And he would preach canker worm, locust, caterpillar, palmer worm. He'd preach, I will restore, saith the Lord. Uh, Brother Branham would preach spoken words, the original seed. And he would preach anointed ones at the end time. And over and over, Brother Branham would say, our hearts must be turned back to the Pentecostal faith, the apostolic faith. What is that? The Bible faith. That the same God of the Bible is still the God today. You say, Brother Matt, what does that restore us back to? All of the word. All of the word. Not part of the word, not some of the word. 
all of the word. This is why he would send him. The, the Bible says in the book of Revelations, chapter 10, that when he cried with a loud voice as a lion roareth. What was it? It was a voice to silence all other voices. Do we have a church of believers here today? It was to silence all the opinions. It was to silence all of the ideas of the reformers. It was to silence all of the ideas of the denominations of what they thought Jesus was. It was the voice as a lion roareth. Brother Branham would preach his entire ministry to bring a faith of a supernatural to a people to believe the word in its fullness has been born out again into a people. You say, Brother Matt, what does that do for me? That releases unto you every promise in the Bible is now your promise. Why did Hattie Wright ask for her children so that you would have faith to ask for yours? Why did God use a uh, brother Brandon when he would take a rock, he'd throw it up in the air and speak to a storm? What was it so that you could speak to your storm? Why did Jesus heal a blind man so that the blind spiritually or physically, their eyes would come open? Why did he raise the dead so that we can be called out of our deadness into newness of life? You say, Brother Matt, what was released with the opening of the word? All of the word. You mean all of the gifts of the spirit? All of them. All the fruits of the spirit? All of them. All of the Bible, all of the promises, all of the word. You say, Brother Matt, what does that mean? That means it's available to you. It's available to your family. It's available to your body. It's available to your spirit. It's available to your mind. All you got to do is believe in the word of God. All you got to do is accept it by faith and God will back up his own word. He spent his entire ministry. Listen to what Brother Brandon will say here. This is some of the earliest recorded sermons we have. In the angel of God. I know the next thing to happen. This is 1948. The next thing to happen is the restoration of the gifts. And it's one. It's the hardest thing I've had to do in this pioneering work. I'd say if he pioneered it and he blazed the trail, let's walk in it. It's not time to close the door to that trail. It's time to open it wide open. Brother Branham says, you, Brother Branham says when all hell opens itself up and pours itself out. And he says when all hell pours itself out, all heaven pours itself out. Listen to me, friends. The devil is is more bold than he's ever been before. His agenda is not hidden. Listen to me, young people. You know that. You go to school. Uh, you, you're in the educational systems. You're on social media. You, 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 you know the news. Listen to me, friends. The devil is as bold and arrogant and blatantly open as he's ever been. He's not ashamed of it. He doesn't sit like a mouse and just barely whisper it out. He speaks wrong the contrary. He uses a loud megaphone and screams it to his, uh, to his Eden. He's open. He's right out in the open. And I just happen to believe that if the devil's right out in the open manifesting himself, then God wants to bring himself right out in the open. 
and manifest himself. How many believers would say, God, manifest your power right out in the open, Lord? It's been the hardest thing I've had to do in this pioneering work is to see as to see people. But if all, listen, this is the angel of God, same place. But if all the full gospel people would come with one heart and one accord, there'd be a revival that would shake the whole world. And every spiritual gift would be in the church within an hour's time. Signs and wonders that was done by the apostles would be a minor thing to what would do if we could just get the church together. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. If I could preach to you anything right now, it's this right here. It will happen. It may be after I've passed off the scene, but I want to put my word in this that you might know that my voice is this. 1953, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's to my humble belief that we're living near the end time. Or may I make it a little more personal than that, saying we're living in the end time. I believe it's time for the restoration of the church that was promised that God would send in the last day. And I believe that this is the day that when the word of God has been preached so much that the day's getting so dark and so evil till according to God's word, he was to restore all that the caterpillar had eaten. The palmer worm had eaten will be restored back again. And this is the day of the restoration of the spiritual gifts given into the church. When the church puts forth another church, this is 1960, it wasn't so from the beginning. And when the church puts forth another church, it'll be a Pentecostal church with signs of the Acts and the Apostles doing the same thing with the same Jesus, working the same How many believe that here today? Because he's the same yesterday and forever. A Pentecostal branch filled with the Holy Ghost. Signs and wonders of the resurrection. Great things taking place among them. I just want to raise a hand and say, Lord, I want you to see my hand. I want a Pentecostal branch filled with the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders of the resurrection. I'll put your hand up if you want to identify yourself. He says, signs and wonders, great things, let great things take place among us. This is a promise they who know their God in the last days shall do exploits. Yes, we're at the end time. Get your eyes off. Get your eyes off things below. Get your eyes on things above. Notice this. This is some of the last recorded sermons. Does God change his mind? 1965, April. We find out that in the time when this great thing has been brought up, we find out that we're missing something in our churches. Oh, Brother Branham, I wonder what you'd say today. You say, Brother Matt, who are you pointing at right here? 
You know, you need to get your eyes off this brother and that brother and this sister and that sister and this person and that church and this group. Get your eyes focused right here. Brother Adam says we're missing something in our churches. And that is the power of Christ. Then I say, God, give it. I just say really simply, I just want to simply raise a hand and say, Lord, if I'm missing the power of Christ, then God, give it. It's available, Lord. Then I repent. I turn myself from my wicked ways. I repent. I turn around, Lord. And I say, give it. That's the power of Christ. What did Brother Adam say? The, the zeal of the hours to say, I repent, Lord. I'm wrong, Lord. I'm not going to make excuses for it. If I'm missing something, then give it to me, Lord Jesus. Now look, I don't want to criticize. I love you and genuine, true love always is corrective. We're missing Christ in our church. We're missing Christ amongst our Pentecostal people, our brothers and sisters. There's something wrong. 1965, April. Does God change his mind? What a title. (laughs) What a title. Does God? It's a question mark. It's a question mark. Does God change his mind? Why don't we answer it for Brother Branham? No. The old-fashioned prayer meeting they used to have all day and night. They don't have them no more. Well, that's because after 1963 and the seals were open, Brother Matt, that which is perfect has come. That which is in part is done away. We don't do that. Those are old ordinances that we don't. The old-fashioned prayer meetings. This is 1965, April. Hello, somebody. Our women used to wear long hair. They don't do it no more. Be a disgrace for women to paint and use paint back in the early days. Act the way these women do. Something went wrong. Nothing's wrong with Christ. That's right. Amen. But something went wrong. Something is somewhere. The pulpit used to wouldn't have permitted such a thing as that, but it does now see the crisis is on and we're missing something. We're missing power. I love this, that we ought to have. Then we don't need to puzzle ourselves over it. We ought to have it. And he says, where the big machine ought to be running up in great signs and wonders. This building ought to be sitting so full of the power of God that a sinner couldn't stay in here. The Holy Spirit condemning it right quickly like that, like Ananias and Sapphira. And we're missing something. The God of this evil age, August 1965. She's caused the whole world to accept the scientific leadership of the educational program that Satan has given to her to under the name of a church. The leadership of an educational scientific program. I'm picturing to you the God of this world. When she as Eve had the very filling of God's word in her hand, she could have took God's word. But what did she do to that? Instead of tarrying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let science prove to her the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples. You say, why, Brother Matt, do you emphasize that? Because later on in this quote, Brother Branham says, anytime you let the devil take a promise in the word of God and appropriate it for another age tomorrow or yesterday, 
We're under a delusion of the devil. I say I'm not going to appropriate any promises that are in the word of God. I say they're mine. I claim them. How many want to do that with me and say, Lord, every promise in the book, it's mine. I'm not going to put it yesterday or tomorrow down the road. It's right now. Hallelujah. Instead of keeping divine healing going. Oh, you mean divine healing was to continue? Brother Branham would say it this way about the gift of tongues and the gifts of prophecy, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of wisdom, the gifts were put out in the book of Corinthians. And he said, Jesus put those in the church and they were to remain until he comes. Then I say, God, I don't want to sell myself short of anything. Do you see the problem with the human with humanity with fallen humanity? Do you see what do you see what happens to people? People want to cut out. They want to keep all of this and this and this and this and this, but they want to just take scissors and cut that out and remove that out over there. That's what the denominational churches does today. We'll take the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I can deal with Paul. Yeah, that you know, but that God of the Old Testament, ah, I just don't know. That was almost like a tyrant. He's just almost evil and always just a wrath of God. And Jehovah was always killing people. You know, they lacked the revelation that the Jesus of the New Testament is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. He's the same person who said there's one way, there's one faith, there's one Lord, there's one baptism. There's not many ways. There's not a bunch of virgins of truth. I say today we're a church of believers that believe there is one truth. There is one way. There's one faith, one baptism. There's only one way. There's not many. There's not a hundred. There's not ten. There's not five. There's one way that's pleasing to the Lord. And I say, God, let me be in the center of that one way. Let my life be submitted to you. Sanctified, a sanctified vessel that you can use, Lord. There's one way. I'm going to close. As Brother Diggs says, don't get scared. He, Brother Adam says, instead of keeping divine healing going when she ought to now be raising the dead, they want to cut out this. You know, some people want to cut out, want to, want to cut out teaching. Others want to cut out shouting. Some people want to cut out divine healing. Other people want to cut out studying. Other people want to, you know, everybody wants to go into one ditch or the other. They want to cut out this and keep this. I'll take this, but keep this over here. Ah, we need prophets, but we don't need preachers. We need preachers, but we don't really need the prophet. We need, we need preachers. We don't need tapes. We need tapes. We don't need preachers. Do you see what happens? There's camps that divide over here. We become clans, a clan over here and a cult over here and a group over here. We believe this. We identify with this. We believe in this. We emphasize this. Do you realize the whole thing's available to you? You say, Brother Matt, which part do we need? All of it. You need every bit of it. You don't need to cut out any of it. I need all the preaching. I need all the teaching. I need the prophet. I need the books. I need the tapes. I need all of it. Why would I ever not want all of it? I just want to say, Lord, I want everything that you want to give me. I want to be available. How many in this church would say, Lord, I want everything, every promise, every gift, every power, every sign, every wonder, every, every promise in the word. I want it all for myself. 
said, why would you be that way, Brother Matt? Because it's my inheritance and I'm not going to let any devil squat on my property. I'm not going to come on. Somebody help me preach this morning. It's all of mine. Every bit of it's mine. And I'll drive out any demon that tries to take its place. The word of God is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Healing is mine. Sanctification is mine. Redemption is mine. Deliverance is mine. Freedom is mine. It's all mine. It's the church of the living God. Brother Branham would strive to give it all to the church of God. Are you with me here this morning? When the Bible said the things that I do shall you do also. Jesus said that. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're still creatures. How many creatures we got? Some of us strange ones, but we're all creatures. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're still creatures. 1965, August. These signs shall follow. Not Brother Cop. Is that what Brother Branham says? Not Brother Neville. Not just Brother Branham. These signs shall follow every one of them. That believe. Not that preach, not that teach, not that stand in the position. But mom, it's yours today. Dad, it's yours. Young person, it's yours. Everyone that believeth. She denies every bit of it. She denies all the supernatural. She swapped it for his intellectual conception of the Bible. Where priests, the Holy Father, so-called bishops, archbishops, where district presbyters, general overseers, so forth, has put their own interpretation to it. And God has left them set there dead as 12 o'clock. Things that are to be. Here we are now, December 5th, 1965. The last few words. The last few moments. What did you want to say, Brother Branham? What was on your heart? What was burning you up? You say, Brother Matt, you believe Brother Branham knew he was about to go? I do. I believe that with all of my heart. Brother Branham knew his days were numbered. And he's burning, wanting to get something across. I want to instill something, Elisha. That anointing's got to pass down. It can't stay on Elijah. It's got to transfer from Elijah to Elisha. Elisha, ask anything you want. It'll be done. Then a double portion. Elijah says, Elisha, you've asked a hard thing. Now, not hard for God. Not hard for Elijah. He was going on a chariot. But it was going to be a hard thing for Elisha. You've asked Danny Henry would prophesy the prophecy that came over Brother Branham and interpretation because thou has chosen the narrow path because thou has chosen the harder way. And it was a way. Notice how the angel of the, the voice speaking through that interpretation of tongues specifies so specifically. And he says, it was the way of your own choosing. I didn't force it. 
I didn't pressure you into it. I'm not going to pressure you into a dedicated, consecrated life. Listen to me, as I said before, it's not just going to fall on your lap, church. It's not just going to fall out of heaven. You've got to reach out and take a hold of it. You've got to grab it for your family. Dad, you want the devil to get off your family? Then stand up to your feet and say, God, I defy the spirit that's coming against my home. I'm going to reach a hold and lay hold on eternal life for my children. You want healing in your body? Reach out and take a hold of it. Brother Adam would say, not Brother Adam, Elijah would say, ask anything. Don't doubt because thou hast chosen the harder way, the narrow way. And it's my way. Elijah says, Elisha, if you see me when I'm gone, then it'll come to pass. If you see me, if you translate that, listen, I could, I could have brought it up here for you today. But if you transliterate what Elijah's saying to Elisha, is he's literally telling Elisha, let me say it to you in plain English. Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit come upon me. And Elijah says, Elisha, if when I go and I leave, you see me as gone then it'll come to pass. But if you don't, in other words, if you still see Elijah, if you're still waiting for Elijah, watching for Elijah, putting it all upon Elijah, oh God, where's Elijah? Send Elijah back. Elisha says, if you see me as gone from you, but there's still a work to do for you, Elisha. There's still a commission. There's still a promise. Oh, somebody help me this morning. There's still an anointing that stays when Elijah leaves. And it'll come upon you, Elijah. If you see Elijah is gone, but God is still on the throne. That's why Elijah gets to the Jordan. And he doesn't say, where's the God? Where's Elijah? He says, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Give me the power that Elijah had. Give me the faith that Elijah had. Give me the expectation that Elijah had. This was the transfer. Brother Branham, what was on your heart? I believe the same thing we live in today. God bearing record of His Word by vindicating what He said He would do. We know that this is the day of salvation. Where God is calling men from the world from a life of sin into a life of service. And in the day that God has poured out His Spirit from on high, great signs and wonders are to accompany the ministry of this day. Whose ministry? Brother Branham, questions and answers. 1965, will the bride have a ministry? At the coming of the Lord. Yes. That's what's happening right now. Brother Branham says there's great signs and wonders to accompany this ministry. When the former and latter rain are falling together. We know they're supposed to be. Supposed to be. Should be. Great signs and wonders. Which in many great denominations this is turned down. But I'm very thankful for these open doors. And I've had to go into in the inspiration. It's give to men like your pastor here. That's caused them as I'm beginning to get old. And I know that my days are numbered. I think Brother Branham didn't know in December 5th, he didn't know his days were numbered. This is the last few words. I'm so thankful for men like your pastor. Who was Brother Branham seeing? He says, because I know I'm getting old and my days are numbered. And know now that these young men 
can take this message and sweep it on to the coming of the Lord. That's what we're doing right now. You say, Brother Matt, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to sweep this message on to the coming of the Lord. What are you doing next year? I'm going to be sweeping the message on, preaching it to to believe in faith, to believe for the God of the impossible, to believe in the supernatural. To come, which I'm hoping to see him. I look for him daily. For him, I watch, keeping myself prepared for that hour. The last sermon he preaches, communion. You know, the hour will soon arise when right among us, the Holy Spirit will speak out like it did. And Ananias and Sapphira, remember, see, the hour is, say it with me. The hour is. Happened in 1963 when the seals were open. It's over. Now that's over now. That, 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 there's a dispensational change and that which is perfect. No, 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 no. No, follow the message. That hour's arriving. Now you just remember that. That God is going to dwell among his people. That's what he wants to do. I say, Lord, if that's what you want to do, then come and dwell, Holy Spirit. If that's what you're desiring, Lord, then I just raise my hand up and say, Lord, come and dwell in my home, dwell in my marriage, dwell in my children, dwell in my family, dwell in my social life, dwell in my work life, dwell in my church life. If God wants to dwell, then I say, dwell, Holy Spirit. Don't let me hinder you. Don't let me stop you. Don't let me get in the way. I want to be available to the Holy Ghost. I said, I want to be available. This is what his desire is. I'm going to close here. He comes to the Tucson Tabernacle in November 1965. And he's going to preach a message. What house will you build me? Very short. You can go and read that sermon. And he's starting to express his desire for this church. Listen to what he says here. We as a group of people, we have a message for this day. How many believe that? We believe that God has given us a message. And Brother Green, I don't want to call him my associate because, well, also my associate, we're together in this message. Brother Green preaches the same thing and message that I believe in. He's left his home. He's left his people. He left his church. He was, I believe, as a district superintendent or something, one of those organizations, giving the whole thing up when he heard this. He left everything that was dear to him to come to the desert just to support what God is giving us now. I say, I believe it's not only should be in our hearts, it should be our duty to back him up. Let me just move this off Brother Green and put Barry Coffey's name there. It's our duty to back him up. Everything that we can to attend the services. I know it's hard to believe you got to preach on attending church in the modern 2023, but you got to preach on it today. It's our duty to back up the ministry, to attend every service, to come here to worship, to make this a place 
You mean it's up to us? God's not just going to do it. It's not just going to happen. You know what church will be? It'll be whatever you make it. You know what your home will be? It'll be whatever you make it. You know what the body of Christ will be at Hickory Bible Tabernacle? Whatever you make it. And I want to say, Lord, let it be a house of, of deliverance. Let it be a house of freedom of the spirit, Lord. Let it be a place where the family of God can worship. You want to thank God you've got a place. You ought to thank God you've got a pastor who will preach you the truth of the word of God. You ought to be, you ought to be thankful. You got a pastor who cares for you. I say, back him up. I say, give him your support. I say, attend every service. Make it a place where God can come and reveal to us the things. How many would pray that and say, Lord, let it be. Say, Brother Matt, I'm not saying you're saying no, it's not. No, I'm not saying that it's not. I'm saying, Lord, give us more. How many would say that? Give us more, Lord Jesus. How many would raise a hand and say that? It doesn't take much to lift a hand. Just like that. Watch. Just like that. How many would say, I want that. I want more of it. God sees those hands. It's not important that I do. Not important that Brother Barry does. It's important for the Holy Spirit to see it. Give us a place, Lord. Make this a place where he can reveal to us the things that he has for us to reveal. And as his word said, this is Brother Green, Brother Branham's quoting, the message doesn't come to me through the giving of the inspiration as it does come to, he says, maybe to some of us, but he said, I am here to back up what God has given You may not have a sermon today. You may not preach a message today. You may never get behind this pulpit. But how many can say, I'm here to back up what God has given? What a statement. I believe if we will cooperate together, if we'll put our hearts in it. I know that each of you, I listen to this. I resonate so much with this quote. If you feel like I do, I'm so hungry to see the Spirit of God moving. I just can't hardly stand it. Some experiences I've had up in the mountain just to feel that once again, that's something that when I was first saved, that what a glorious, it was so glorious to my heart. We can come into a place, we can see it where we, he says we can come to a place, we can sit and we see it among us that we're drying as we sit here in the desert. I get among my brethren, they talk with me, I talk with him. Always in a little way of watching, feeling out there with the spirit as to what it was to see the condition of that brother, to see what's wrong. I begin to feel us all reclining. 1965, November 21st, what was on your heart, Brother Branham? I begin to feel us all reclining. Just that, it's all right. You know, just sort of sit back and recline down just a little bit. I preached here to to you before, you know what, Samson Delilah's name, that's what it meant. It means to just recline. Just sort of step back for a minute. I begin, it becomes too natural a thing to us. We must worship in the Spirit. Not only our message should be the flame of the hour, it should be the flame in our hearts. 
It's got to be in our hearts or we can't rightly present it to the people. The Spirit has to pack the message itself. I say, Lord, don't let my dress code pack it. Don't let just what I say outwardly pack it. Let the Spirit of God back up my life as a believer. Let it so back up my life that sinners and unsaved loved ones say, there's something different about them. There's something I crave and I hunger for in my life. The Spirit itself has to pack it itself. And now that Brother Green, God has sent him in here to open up a church of like precious faith that we believe ought to get, be very grateful to God to attend every service. Take every place that we can. Take every place that we can. I believe that ought to be the desire of every single member of a church to say, Lord, I want to fill every position I possibly can, anything you need me for, anything you desire me for. If it's just to pray for my pastor, then Lord, let me find myself actively part of the ministry of the church here. We're asked to call, to pray, to seek, to do. Let's be soldiers just anxious to do it. Keep the message Honorable. Could the musicians come now? Could the musicians come? Keep the message honorable. This is what it was on his heart. This is his desire. Keep the message honorable. Live the right kind of life. Don't let no smut come upon it. That matters. Listen to me. Young people, that matters. It matters where you go. It matters what you say. It matters what music you listen to. It matters what testimony you have. Brother Brandon says, keep it honorable. Don't let no smut come upon it. We're living too late now. We're too late in the hour. I just raise my hand as I read this quote. I'd invite you to do the same. Let's live it clean. Well, my life, your life, all of our lives needs to be picked up before God. How many would bow your heads, stand to your feet with me and bow your heads? How many would just raise a hand to the Lord now and let God see that? To say, Lord, I want to keep it honorable. I want to live the right kind of life. It's too late of an hour now, Lord. I want to live it clean. Oh, hands up all over the building. Well, my life, your life, all of our lives needs to be picked up before God. I just raise my hand now at the close of the service and say, Lord, pick me up. Pick up my life, Lord. Pick up my testimony. If I've veered to the right or to the left, then, oh God, bring me back on track. I pray for that person here today, Lord, who would say that in their prayer, Lord, as they close their eyes and bow their head. I just identify with it and say, Lord, lift our lives up. Pick them up again, Lord. We want to live it holy. We want to live it clean. We want to fill every position. We want to take every part. We want to back up what you've sent with our prayers. We want to support our we want to support the preaching of the word with our amens, with our pulling on the word of God, with our gathering together. Let it be a place, Lord, where we can worship you in spirit and in truth. 
unhindered, unrestricted. I say, God, take all the restrictions off. Remove all the barriers, Lord. I just raise my hand and say, God, remove all the barriers that Satan has put, has allowed me to put in my life to worship you. Don't let nothing stand in my way, oh God. Remove every hindrance. I surrender it now. That's where it starts, young person. That's where it starts, young man. That's where it starts, young sister. That's where it starts, dad. It starts right there. To say, Lord, I repent. I repent, Lord. I repent of who I am. Repent of who I was. I repent for it. Lord, I want to start right here. I want to rededicate and consecrate myself afresh to you. How many would raise a hand and say, Lord, that's my desire right now. I want you to clean all the matter out of my eyes. Bring the oil of the Holy Ghost and clean all the matter from the cold winds of this life that's blown over me. Let me see clearly. Let me see your word. You're doing something in this hour. You're doing something right now, Lord Jesus. And I just want to say, as the prophet says, don't miss it. I say, God, don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it, Lord. Let me catch it. Let me catch it, Lord. Grant it, Lord Jesus, to every person, every life, every home, every mother, every father, every young person, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this body of believers. Lord, thank you for a group here that will worship you in spirit and in truth, that will not compromise. They don't, they, Lord, that will gather here, Lord, and take their responsibility at their post of duty to stand against the wiles of the wicked one, to stand against the wiles of the devil, to stand against any spirit that would come to try to discourage God, I just say when the Spirit of God, when, this, when Satan comes in rushing like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against him. I say, Lord, I raise my hands and say, I lift a banner against any evil spirit. I, I lift that name of Jesus above any cancer. I lift it above any tuberculosis. I lift it, uh, lift it above any sugar diabetes. I lift it above any doubt, any fear. I lift that name of Jesus above every spirit. And I speak Jesus as the song says, I speak Jesus. I shout his name for at the mention of that name, every demon spirit has to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the name above every name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your healing that comes in the word. Thank you that you're still Jehovah Jireh. You're still the provider. Thank you that you're still Jehovah Rapha. You're still a healer. Lord, you're still a supplier of all of my needs. I give you praise for that, Lord Jesus. I give you thanks, God. Bless us now, Lord Jesus, I pray. May this word that's been preached here, may it anoint our faith. As your prophet said, Moses knew it intellectually, but when he met that burning bush, it anointed the faith that he had. I say, God, give us an anointed faith. Give us a faith, Lord, that's anointed to believe for anything. Give us a faith to stand for any promise that you've given us, Jesus. It's to us. As your prophet said, it'll come. It'll happen. It's got to happen. The hour's arriving. It's upon us. If you feel like I feel... I'm so hungry to see the power of God move. I raise my hands and say, Lord, I hunger and thirst. 
I hunger and thirst, Lord, for the power of God to move in my life. I just can't hardly stand it. Don't let me recline. Don't let me get settled down and relax. Let this message not just be the flame of the hour. Let it be the flame of my heart, Jesus. Grant it, Lord, to every heart we pray. What are you playing? Go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, do you believe that now? Let's sing it with our hands raised. Yes, Lord Jesus. We believe in Lord God and we receive it.
sing it again now.
Oh 
you and we worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My, what a wonderful atmosphere, amen. I believe hearts and lives have been changed today, amen. I know mine has been touched, man, and I needed it, hallelujah. We thank Brother Matt for coming and taking his time to minister the Word of God. My, it was just so powerful, amen. Appreciate Brother Matt, him and his family and I go way, way back, quite literally before the beginning of time, amen, when the sons of God were shouting for joy, amen. Amen, we certainly appreciate our brother. Amen. We're going to dismiss you. You're free to go as we sing this song, God is Good. And just sing it as you go. Keep it on your heart and bring that same spirit back when you come again. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night. God is good, oh God is good, all the time. Well, if you're walking through the valley, and there are shadows all around, well, do not fear, for He will guide you, yes, He will keep you safe and sound. Everlasting